Genesis 3, 1 through 14 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals than the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. Certainly you will not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I've commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent has deceived me. And I ate. Bow your heads with me. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for what you did in this moment of worship. And I just pray that Holy Spirit, that you would just start to go before me, Jesus, and start speaking to your beautiful daughters, that they would have hearts that would be opened, that they would have eyes to see and ears to hear what you wanna speak to them tonight. And give me the right words to say, because all I know is I need you, Jesus. Help me bring forth your word with the authority that you want and the way that the word was meant to be spoken. We love your presence. We thank you so much that you are so good. You are so good. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, why don't you greet somebody um, next to you? There's a lot of new faces. <laughs> Praise God for name tags.
We women, we just love, we love getting to know one another. You just put a bunch of women in a room, they're good. Awesome. Well, we are so happy that you're here joining us um, this evening. Thank you so much for taking your time and um, just coming to the second annual Lady Life Conference. Um, last year was incredible, hearing just so many testimonies of what God was doing, um, even just in the women, and what a blessing and honor that it is to um, stand before you again and um, just see you guys learn, growing. I loved hearing your worship. It was incredible. Um, just standing in the back and, and hearing it. Um, and we had some prayer before, and um, the Lord was showing me that there's um, power in praise, and man, did we hear it erupt. It was so incredible. I pray that God, every moment that you um, step into worship, that that there's power in your praise. and So look to your neighbor and say, I can be unveiled. Say it again. I can be unveiled. And unveiled is just simply saying being uncovered. Genesis 1 states that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he proclaimed that it was good. And then we read on, and it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image to be like us. And they will reign over the fish and of the livestock and of the birds. And then the image of God, I love that. In the image of God, he created them. Now the man and his wife were naked, but they felt no shame. Adam and Eve knew no shame. They were in the midst of what God proclaimed was good, uh, what God has created as perfect. He said all this time, you know, we don't know how many days that he was, I mean, we know six, seven days, but how he was so detailed and just how precise that he was in each and every day. And so when it finally got to day six, when he created man and woman, said and he said it was good and he created them in his image and you know what i believe as i was reading this and i've read this so many times like many of you like where do you start like you start in the beginning and i read this so many times and it kind of struck me this time and i believe that god created them naked for a purpose and the reason that i feel like he created them naked for a purpose was because he didn't want anything hindering them because when you're naked you feel very vulnerable you feel very exposed and who has told us that society has told us that but when god created them in the garden he created them naked and exposed and vulnerable and i believe that he created that for a purpose that he didn't want anything hindering them. He didn't want anything holding him back, them back. And what I also love about just reading into the scripture is that he communed with his creation. He loved walking with them. It says that he walked with them in the cool of the day. It, he spoke with them. He communed with them. He knew everything about 
them because he created it, said he formed man from the dust. And how powerful that is, that if he can create something from the dust, don't you think that he knows them very well? And it says that he created them in his image. And I believe that God was proud of his creation. I believe that when he looked at them, he just proclaimed that it was good. And I think our version, our version and his version of good are totally different. Because we just use it so nonchalantly. Oh, yeah, that was so good. Or that was, that was good. Or you can use it like in a way of like, yeah, that was good. You know, so there's so many different contexts that we can look at this word good. But I believe that when he created it, he was really saying it is good. But it says, but one day deception came. Genesis 3.1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Did God really say that you couldn't do that? Did God really say, you know, maybe he didn't, maybe he didn't mean it. Has the enemy ever spoke that to you? He spoke it to me. Or maybe the enemy hasn't spoken it to you. Maybe your kids have spoken it to you. You're like, oh, I wouldn't know, but um, like, mom, like, did you really say I couldn't do that? Mom, did you really say that, like, I couldn't go there? Mom, did you, like, you really mean it? Okay, raise of hands. How many people have heard that from their kids? And you know what? They're just testing you to see if you're going to stick to your guns. Right? My kids have done it in preschool. They're like, well, you know. And I'm like, the rules are the rules. Like, did you not hear me the first time? And he said, did God really say? And the enemy knew exactly what he was doing. He just used that one little phrase. Did God really say. And he was trying, the enemy was trying to push the limits. He knew he didn't have to push the limit too far. He just had to say and start to put fear and doubt and confusion. Did God really say? And he was just trying to manipulate them. Verse 2, it says, The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the tree in the garden, but God did say, but God did say, you must not eat from um, fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. So she's just saying, yeah, God said, I couldn't touch it. I can't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. God did say it because if God said it, I have to believe that it's true and it's in the middle of the garden. I can't miss it. (laughs) Don't touch it or you will die. And the enemy came in again, just testing the limits, just pushing it one more time, just like our kids do. 
and said, you will certainly not die. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. But didn't we just read that they were created in the image of God? And I was reading that and I was like, wait, wait, hold up, let me go back. Because it says, let us make man in our image to be kind of like us, like similar to us. No, to be like us. And what I realized in that scripture is that she didn't need to eat the fruit because she was already in the, like God. She already had everything that she needed because the word says, let us make man in our image to be like us. So the enemy came in and said, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. So she didn't have to because she was already like God. She was already created in his image. And that's how deceiving that the enemy is, that he gets you to believe that you're not created in his image, that you're not an image bearer, and that you're not perfect, that you're missing out in life, or you're not experiencing the fullness of what God has for you, or because you took this little detour in life that you're not really gonna get to the destiny that God has for you, or you're just really not that good. And, or, or what about, oh, it's okay because he loves you and he won't do it again. Or just, just a little bit of this and it will be okay. I, it will be okay. And the enemy knew that it took one bite. Eve didn't have to eat the whole apple or whatever fruit it was. Who gave us apple? Whatever. It took one bite. It took her eyes to become unfocused and to say, Did maybe God, maybe God didn't say. And her eyes became unfocused because it says, She looked at the fruit and it was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. I think she had everything that she needed already right there. And it took one bite. And when the woman saw the fruit was desirable for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took it and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And when the eyes of both of them were open, they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and they made coverings for themselves. Within that one bite, within that, did God really say, did God really say she doubted everything that she was created to be? She doubted everything that God had said because she knew it. She knew what God had commanded her. 
She knew what she believed because she spoke it to the enemy. But with that single phrase, she doubted everything. And so I think tonight that there are women that are sitting here that have been deceived by the enemy. Have you ever, do you feel like, I've been deceived by the enemy with a single phrase, with a word, with a look, that we've been deceived by the enemy who is more crafty than all of the other animals that were created in the garden. And I vividly remember as a seventh grade girl, and I thought I was perfect, um, you know, because nobody else tells you that you're not, right? Nobody, nobody told me. I grew up with a dad that said, you're beautiful, you're great. He got, you know, he clothed me with, you know, I loved overalls, so I would wear those like every day. <laughs> nobody told me that they weren't cool. So I thought that I was cool. And I remember being on a field trip and hanging out with my girlfriends. And this seventh grade boy came up to me and he just spoke, he just spoke one little phrase to me. And you know what, I never forgot his words. I remember running to the bathroom and crying. And my girlfriends came in and they're like, don't listen to him, like he's stupid. That, that didn't change what just happened to me. That didn't change what happened to my heart. It didn't change how I started to view myself a little bit different. That I wasn't, maybe I wasn't perfect. Maybe I wasn't good enough. Maybe, maybe what my dad had told me was a lie. And you know what, it scarred me. And I can, you know, laugh about this story now, <laughs> but can I say that it didn't take um, time to get over? That one simple, stupid phrase that he said to me, which shouldn't have bothered me, which wouldn't bother me now, that tiny little moment in time, that tiny little phrase, took me almost 10 years to get over. And in that one little moment that he spoke that, walls started to be built up, and it wasn't brick by brick. No, the wall just came. And the wall was doubt. The wall was insecurity. The wall was fear. The wall was telling me that I was worthless with one, one little phrase. Did God really say? And you know what? For the longest time, I believed it. And like I said, I, I look back on that story and I want to shake the little, like, 11-year-old me, like, golly, you don't have to believe what that stupid boy said. Like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But in that moment, 
I thought he knew everything that he was talking about because he looked at me and he believed what he was saying. So it made me believe what I was saying and what I was believing. And we believe the lie. I think everybody in this room can testify that somebody has spoke something to you and that built up walls of shame, of worthlessness, of whatever those walls are to you. It wasn't brick by brick. They just sprouted up. And we were never created to walk in shame. We were never intended to cover ourselves because God created us without shame. Said, it says in the word that, that God created them naked and they were unashamed. And that was the last words that were spoken. And then we look and we see how the enemy came in. So between chapter two and three, what a short amount of time, they were naked and unashamed. And then the enemy came in. And what is the enemy gonna do when he comes in? Well, he's gonna do the last thing that God said, that they were created unashamed. So he, what is he gonna do? He's gonna bring shame. And in Genesis 3, 8 through 13, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God, and he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God said to the man, Where are you? Lacey, you can come on up. So he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I've commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, the woman that you put here with me gave me some of the fruit and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you've done? I don't believe that God was reprimanding her. I think he was just saying, why have you believed this? What have you done? And you know what? You've spread it to other people. You've spread, you've spread the lies, the doubt, the insecurity, and you fed it to others around you or made you believe that things that I said, well, maybe I'm not beautiful. And then maybe I, I say that to somebody else. I don't believe that I'm beautiful. And it spreads. It doesn't just stay here because sometimes what you're going through gets to other people. And without knowing it, you're spreading doubt, fear, insecurity all around you. And the woman said, she finally... <laughs> Called it as it is. Adam didn't because he didn't deceive Adam. He deceived Eve. And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And the most powerful part of the scripture to me 
was who told you? Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you couldn't be everything that you wanted to be? Who told you that you had to cover yourself? Who told you that you had to walk in fear? And you know, it brings the enemy such joy to see us walk in shame. Such joy. And you know why it brings the enemy so much joy? It's because of the return of investment. It takes seconds to bring shame. And what's the trajectory of shame over a lifetime? A lifetime. A lifetime of shame. And there's so many women of us sitting here tonight that have been beaten down, that have been spoken words of shame over their life. They've been abused, they've been misused, and they've been feeling left and unworthy, unloved. Yep. And you know what, from that one little moment, from that little seventh grade boy saying that to me, I started to hear other people start to say some stuff to me. And I think I look back on those moments and I start to think, uh, did God say? Did God say that, um, that I was like this? Because Sometimes the people that are around you, that are in your inner circle or that are in your family can say some of the stuff that hurts the most and takes the most time to get over. He was there in the garden in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. The serpent was more crafty. And I think about those things that have been spoken over me. And I wish that I could say that, um, like I said, when I had that moment when I was 11, but I started to believe, even in my 20s, that I couldn't do, I couldn't do it. I couldn't go to school for this because I really wasn't that good. I had somebody say that to me. I said, I really wanna do this with my life. And I remember they looked at me and said, you can't do that. I said, but I really want to do it. I feel like I'd be really good at this. 
well, you're really not that good, so you're not good at this, you're really not good at that, so I just don't think that that would be good for you. And you know what? I didn't do it. But you know what? I'm doing it now. Yeah. Might not have looked like I, may, I'm thankful I didn't have to go to school. I'm doing, I'm doing what I love to do. And there was an author that opened a letter from a young girl and she had felt for so many years that um, she was God's punishment to her parents. And her parents um, told her this over and over and over again, that you are God's punishment to us. And she, she wrote this letter and she said, I didn't know the difference between God and Satan, but with Satan, I always knew where I stood. And that the character of Satan brought more um, certainty than the character of God. And so many of us are like that. And this is the accusation in the beginning in the garden the very first conversation that was about God said, you can't trust him. He'll lie to you. He doesn't want you to become everything that you were intended to be. The very first conversation about God is that you can't trust him, that he's not good. And Eve took it and her eyes were open to both good and evil, to fear and anxiety. And God never wanted her to experience shame. That's why he created them. Unashamed that they were naked. He didn't want her to experience bitterness and contempt and anger because He's a good God. But she believed in that one moment that she was not like God. And God never intended for that pain to come in to my life or to your life. He never wanted that, that's why he put up some boundaries. It wasn't because he didn't want them to know between good and evil. He said, I don't want you to know that you're not cre created in my image. You are. You're more than created in my image. You are my image bearer. And have you believed the lies? I have. Are there areas of your life right now in this moment that you're still believing the lies, that God isn't good, that God's not gonna come through for you, that God's not gonna provide for you, or that you don't represent the image of God? But you were created in his perfection. And tonight, I want you to realize how loved that you are and that God created you in his image and never intended for you to feel 
those moments of feeling shamed? Are you tired of hiding? Are you tired of trying to cover yourself? And I believe that with one word that the enemy spoke, if he can speak one word, I believe that with one prayer, it can be dismembered. That if the enemy can do it, why can't we, in a moment of prayer, have all of that stripped off of us? And so tonight, I just want you to know that you were not created to walk in shame. You weren't created to carry the weight that you're carrying, but that, but God can do it and he can take what's been a mistake and make it into a miracle. And so I just wanna open up and I'm gonna have our prayer team come up because I I think prayer team, you guys can come, Um, that we need to dismember some things that have been spoken over your life and look at the enemy in the face and say, "Mm mm-mm, I am created in the image of God. I do not have to walk in shame. I do not have to walk in fear. I do not have to walk in doubt. And we need to start taking those lies that we've believed for so many years. And some of you are sitting here that have had 20 years of shame, 30 years of shame. Daniel doesn't know shame yet. But the sad thing is, he will experience it too. But you know what I'm going to do? From the moment that that little boy is born, I'm gonna say, you can do anything that God tells you that you can do. You have a plan that God is gonna see out. And I don't care what that plan is. And I want my son to know that he doesn't have to walk in shame. Because I'm going to start dismembering the things that will be spoken over him, and I'm going to start speaking them out right now, and I already have, speaking them out to him before he even understands what I'm saying. Because I don't want him to walk through what I went through. And you know what? I think that's the Father's heart. I don't want you to go through what you're going to go through, don't eat it. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Because I know the pain that it's going to bring. And I know I'm not going to do everything right as a parent, but I do know that if I speak God's word, If I just start there, if I just speak his word over, and that's what we want tonight, 
If you've had things that are spoken over to you, I want these, this time of prayer to be prayed over you and to say you don't have to walk in that. You can be everything that God created you to be. To be. You don't have to be like that anymore. You don't have to be what your mom or your dad or your friend said that you were gonna end up like. Because we are just like little Daniel. innocent and pure, not knowing good and evil. And he's saying, if you just, if you just trust me, that you're like the image of God, if you just trust me. Jesus, come and unveil the areas of our life that we have tried to cover, that we've tried to hide because we have hid from you. And you're just saying, where are you? Where are you? Come out of hiding. Because I don't want you to walk in shame any longer. Where are you? Where are you? And some of us tonight have to come out of the garden, come out of the woods and say, here I am. I tried to cover myself and it's not working. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. Jesus. So we just want to open up the altars and have the prayer warriors who have been praying for you for quite some time now to speak the truth over your life. you weren't created to walk in shame. You are created in the image of God. And to walk in that is something that is unshakable. When the enemy tries to come at you, say, I'm created in the image of God. I am more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is within me than he who is of the world. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Please come up to these altars and let these women pray for you because I don't want you to walk out feeling that weight that you were never created to walk in, that you were never created to carry.